So good morning. Happy New Year. Yeah, you all are the radical ones that decided to come to church at the start of the new year. We're grateful for that. So this is a little different service, and I'm telling you that up front, and I'll explain what's going on. We do have Lebanon here with us today. We're glad you're here with us. You might recognize this one guy here behind us. Yeah. I have a smaller Gatorade, which means shorter sermon. That's a lie. It's a lie right out of the gate. Today, we do this a few times a year, and this is intentional that we're doing it today. If you're watching online, we welcome you. It'll be a little different service for you, and somewhere in the middle of this service, we're going to do communion, so you may want to get some elements uh, ready, however you want to use them. Um, This is called a Gethsemane gathering, and the focus of today is on prayer. Um, So we're going to have some different faces that will join me on the platform in just a few minutes uh, throughout this service. We have five words that we're going to give you as prompts to pray. This is an interactive service. I'm going to encourage you to actually move physically. It would be okay for you today to change your posture. Not just of your physical posture, that would be great, but also to change the posture and the place of your heart. We have a prayer room that's right up here to our right. Uh, I have a staff member who, when that was getting reconstructed, said it's the most important room in our building. And I'm going to go into some depth about that prayer room in just a few minutes. But you're free at any point in this service to use the altars. There's nothing magical about an altar. To turn your chair into an altar. To go to our prayer room, which has a prayer wall in it. Which I'll explain what that is in just a second. But the whole idea behind today is this. And I'm going to read directly from Scripture, and then I'll get to my word. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell fell with his face to the ground and he prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. My father, if it is possible, yet not as I will, but as you will. And they were asleep. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? We're going to be here for one hour. Couldn't you keep watch with me? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time. My father, he asked again, if it is possible, would you take this cup from me? Take it away. Unless I drink it, may your will be done. He came back again and he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They're human. We are human. And our eyes get heavy. So he left them and went away once more and he prayed a third time saying the same thing. He came back and the disciples said to them, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? The hour has come and the son of man is delivered into the hands of sinners. I want to encourage you today to move in this service. However you want to do it. Do you know that in the Middle East there are still Jews, devout Jews who show up and they go to what is called the wailing wall. We have our own wailing wall in this room over here. You're free to use it. There's an altar in there, and on that altar are pens and pieces of paper, and you can take 
your pieces of paper and you can write whatever it is that might be heavy on your heart. It might be a praise because we're going to do that. It might be a request. It might be a burden. And you can stick it in our prayer wall. And at some point this year, there will be people who will pray over it. The Jews go there because twice a year, those prayers are prayed over all the time. And then they're removed. And those prayers are buried. Symbolically buried. The reason that they go to that wall is not because the wall is magic. But it is the western wall of the temple where the Holy of Holies was. And they view it as a sacred beautiful this ground is holy place did you know that when you encounter God a place can become holy I mean you remember when Moses encountered God and he said take off your shoes Moses because the very ground that you're standing on is holy that could happen today I have no idea where you're at and what your week's been like. I'm just here to confess to you today, and that will be part of what we do as your pastor. My soul needs this today. I don't know about you, but we're going to spend some time in prayer and reflection. Uh, This year, our staff has been reading a book. We read it. uh, Someone reads. We read it together, and every week, a, a staff member will lead us in a discussion on a chapter from this book. It's called The Circle Maker. I want to read you one paragraph from this book that's entirely devoted to prayer to set this up. On July 16, 1969, Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, and Buzz Aldrin climbed aboard the Apollo 11 on launch pad 39A at the Kennedy Space Center. The multi-stage rocket weighed 102,000 pounds but it carried 5,625,000 pounds of propellant. Breaking the sound barrier is one thing. Exiting the Earth's atmosphere is completely different. At takeoff, the five engines produced 7,500,000 pounds of thrust in order to exceed the gravitational pull of planet Earth and reached the escaped velocity of 17,500 miles per hour. You still with me? But that only gets you into orbit. If you want to shoot to the moon, you've got to top 25,000 miles per hour. I love this analogy. Prayer. Prayer is the way we escape the gravitational pull of the flesh and we enter God's orbit. It's the way we escape our atmosphere and we enter his space. It's the way we overcome our human limitations and we enter the extra dimensional realm where all things are possible. God things are possible. It goes on to say this, and I love this because we're going to do it in just a little bit. One of the astronauts, Aldrin, was an elder in the Presbyterian church. He took out a communion kit when they landed on the moon. And he led the other astronauts in communion. In the one-sixth gravity, the wine curled and gracefully came up just at the side of the cup. And then he broke the bread and some of it floated in the air. And he said out loud as they landed on the moon, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. 
It must be hard not to dream big when you're 238,000 miles from the planet and you've traveled 25,000 miles per hour. We're here today to give God back one hour and we're devoting it all to prayer and we're going to give you some different prompts for this prayer. The first prompt and the first word is praise. Here's a scripture for you. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are we are his people, the sheep of his pastures. Enter into his thanks into his courts with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. And the Lord's name endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So what is praise? It's applause. It's hail. It's commendation. It's acclaim. It's saluting. And then it's my favorite. It's cheering. It's cheering. It might be okay for some of you to come unglued and cheer today. It's your breath in our lungs, Lord. So we pour out. We don't trickle out. We don't just lightly let it out. We pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. The circumstances we ask God to change are often the circumstances God is using to change us. I want to encourage you to worship however you want to do it. You can move, you can come to the altar, you can go to the prayer room. We'll have some other prompts for you. We're going to have anointing, we're going to do communion. I want you to worship in freedom today the God who is worthy of your praise, of his praise, of our praise. Ecclesia, the church body, community, together, us. We are all needed and have a role to fulfill as members of his church body. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says, God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. In that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. All of them will take care of one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is part of it. Where does God want to use you within his church family? We are different and called to unity, all working together to fulfill his plans. Each one is needed. Together, we have an important responsibility to fulfill for each other. In Galatians 6.2, it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Who needs you to walk alongside of them? Who needs your encouragement, support, love, or presence? As you pray, seek his will and plan for you as an important member of his church body. Ask him to show you the person, the people that need your presence, your gifts in their lives. Kids, this is for you too. You're a part of his family. 
So I'm inviting the children this morning. Up here on the altars are two churches. Um, the card you received when you came in, if you don't have it, there's some extra up here. If you want to write your name on that card and put it in the church, I want you, friends, to remember that you are a part of God's family, and you have an important role in this church family as well. James 5, 13 through 14 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. The next part of our service is going to focus on anointing. If you need healing this morning, perhaps it's physical healing, emotional healing, maybe spiritual healing. There will be pastors stationed throughout the sanctuary, two in the back, two in the front. Um, our children's director, April Trego, will be over um, at the door over here um, to anoint children. These people are ready to anoint you and pray over you. There's nothing magical or supernatural in the oil that they will be using. The oil is symbolic. It's symbolic of the healing power of the Holy Spirit. The oil that they will be using is actually secondary in this whole process. The real power lies in the prayer that will be offered up in your sake. So at any time throughout the next song, come, be anointed and prayed for. Praise, ecclesia, anointing, confession. If you're wondering what's the word we're spelling out for you for the year 2023, it's the word peace. Peace. You know, confession is difficult for people who believe in holiness. If you believe in holiness, it doesn't mean that, well, we'll never have to confess. <laughs> I, I need to do some confession. 1 John 1.19 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He will forgive our sins, plural, and He will purify us from some, from part, from all unrighteousness. Maybe one of my favorite psalms in all of the Bible is Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. These are the words of David after he's committed a sin, a massive sins with Bathsheba and more. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from sin. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So this morning, as we get ready to receive communion, we're tying this directly to confession. 
It's a great place. We don't take communion lightly. We take it reverently. We remember what he did and we come with grateful hearts. We come in repentance. We come and we examine ourselves. We examine ourselves. We confess our sins. We give thanks for the broken body of the Lord. The shed blood which cleanses from sin. Because of your victory, Lord, because of your victory over death, I can be free from the power and the penalty of sin. Wow. Listen to what it says in Mark chapter 14. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. We're going to sing again. And as the song plays, you can come and receive communion. We have tables in the front. We have tables in the back. And you can take it however and wherever you want. But this is a great... These elements, you know, John Wesley said one time in a sermon, if it weren't for my sins, this table would be unnecessary. It is because of our sins that we even have these elements. I mean, think about it. So again, we don't come casually. (laughs) But you can come in repentance. And you can partake. You can come in remembrance. You can come to be reclaimed to take communion so you can do that at your seat you can do it up front you can do it at the altar however you want to do it but before we do it I do want to pray so let's pause and let's pray Jesus if if there's a more sacred moment in anything we do in church I'm not sure what it is outside of communion But it may be that there's somebody who's sitting here and says, I I can't take communion. You've no idea what I've done in my life. Lord, (laughs) help that person to know. Help that person to know that there is forgiveness that is offered. There is forgiveness that is offered for sins. Past, present, and future. And these elements, your broken body and your shed blood are the reminders of what you offer us a free gift of forgiveness so as we pray today Lord as we give you some time back as we focus Lord today we bring you our confessions and we want communion with you we want to know you better more intimately so in these next few moments I'm not sure where everybody's minds are. I'm not sure where everybody's hearts are. But maybe for a few minutes, we could settle back in and our full focus and heart and mind and energy could be on just the gratefulness of the gift that you offer us. This healing, beautiful, symbolic elements that we're about to receive. And we receive them, Lord, because you offered them to us. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. 
Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. And what I've learned is this. To exalt Yahweh is to deny yourself. It throws out everything that's not aligned with the heart of the Father. If my worship, if our worship is an expression of my heart, then my heart better be purified. If my worship, if our worship is an expression of our thoughts, my thoughts better be cleansed. If my worship and if our worship is an expression of who we are, of who I am, then who I am better not have anything to do with myself at all. If my expression is greater than my affection, then I am only exalting myself. To truly and wholly exalt the Lord, to lift up the name of Jesus, demands that all of me be torn down. It's the cleansing of the temple the temple where his spirit dwells. It's to be more focused on building an altar than building an image. And how can I exalt the Lord if I don't intimately know the Lord? Oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. Can we grasp that? Earnestly I seek you. To exalt the Lord is to give an offering to the Lord. What am I offering? To exalt is to surrender. I invite you to surrender. To come with me and exalt the Lord. So that his temple may be filled with the praise of his people. Not just from our lips, but from our hearts, from our thoughts, from our actions 
to stand and come and exalt the Lord.